Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So there's going to be some real evaluation with the Bucks in these next few days. And Steve, you and I talked about this a little bit last night. But in talking to Todd Bowles on Monday after the game, sort of the post-mortem, they've, they've got to look at everything, man, including and starting with the coaching staff. I mean, you know, I think I think this is the time a third of the way through the season where you need to evaluate everything. You're three and three. You still have very winnable games coming up, at least three of the next four, I think. You know, they, they obviously they play Sunday against Carolina, which is a train wreck. But really, after losing to Pittsburgh, let's be honest, you're not going to, no team is, is, you know, an easy prey for you right now. But you got Carolina, and then you have a short week. And on Thursday night football, you play the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar. Uh, Jackson, which is not an easy task on any day, much less a short week to prepare for that guy. And then you've got the Rams, who you haven't beaten in two years. They've beaten you three straight times, including in the playoffs. And I know maybe the Rams are, you know, their offensive line is faltering. There's other, you know, things that don't look good. They don't have Odell Beckham at the moment. Um, but they own you. A little bit like the Saints have owned you. And then you go and take a trip overseas against a Seattle team that doesn't know they're not supposed to be any good. Right, and you're going all the way to Germany for that one. So, th- there's a number of these games that are winnable, but like I said, after you lose to Pittsburgh and the, you know the bunch of defensive backs that that were all on on the IR, uh, or at least injured and not on the IR, but you know who can't you lose to? So where where we talked to Todd on Monday, and you know basically. He sort of deflected some things with respect to Luke Gedeke, although he did vow that they will look at everything, including if there are players that are better that aren't playing right now. I didn't get a sense that they're looking to replace Gedeke. I think they they like his development. They think that, you know, does he get beat at times? Yes. Is he getting better? They like what they see. But really, there can't be any sacred cows right now because – this team is 3-3. Three and three and t- It's a place where Tom Brady rarely has ever been in his career. Very few times has he, has he been had this record after this many games. And they're getting their butts kicked. And I asked Todd Bowles this. Like, why is it that, you know, the NFL is all situational football? In college football, and I don't know if you saw, I think you saw a little bit of the Tennessee-Alabama game. College football is all about splash plays right it's like dudes as my as matt baker says who's got the most dudes because you're going to see a dude rip off 62 yard run uh you know a 70 yard touchdown pass like you see these enormous plays right but in pro football it's all situational right the teams are so even that it's who can execute in certain situations and in every case almost every case the Bucks are getting their butts kicked. 
third and short, they, uh, you know, third down or, or short yardage, fourth down. It doesn't matter when. They can't move people. That's a, that's a huge situational down in the NFL. You're supposed to win 90-something percent of the time when you're one yard away. Can't do it, okay? Red zone, huge situational. They, they drill the red zone as much as anything in practice, going back to OTAs and everything else. Once they get in the red zone, they can't score touchdowns. They're getting about one touchdown a game and kicking a lot of field goals. That's another situation. Um, third and long, which should be a huge win for the defense. They're giving up enormous plays and not getting off the field as a defense. You know, another situation. I mean, th- these are all things that you practice each week. You have specific periods where you'll you'll do these things, and then they get in the games, and as, as you know, Bowles explained it, it's like one guy here, one guy there, one guy here. So you better evaluate everything, what you're doing schematically, who you're doing it with. Are you willing to make changes? Are you, are you willing to say, hey, we've got to get a better player at this position? Right, and not just like what's on your roster now for sure, but also when you get the trade deadline coming up in November. And I don't, I don't think there's any like you know Pro Bowl guards walking around on another team that teams are willing to deal right now. But if there is one, you probably need to look hard at at that position. Well, we do know who is out there, and so right now they're at a crossroads. I mean, this is a really critical time, and. You know, I was listening to Tom Brady on his podcast, and he's calmed down quite a bit since he lit into his offensive line or at least tried to encourage them loudly on the sideline the other day. And, and he's sort of like, you know what, I, we, got, we got time. We, got, we just got to go do the work. We'll get this fixed. We'll get this going the right direction. I don't know if he believes that or if he's selling it. But it's going to be damn interesting these next couple of weeks because in a year where you feel like, you were blessed that Tom Brady came back. It may not end well for the GOAT and, and for the Bucks this year. It, it definitely... Uh, look, two years ago, they got off to what? They, they went... What, seven five, and five. Seven and five, but they were like five and two. They were Yeah, they were six and two, actually. Or six and two. That's right, six and two. Then yeah. they lost three or four, which is what they've lost right now. That's right. And that took him down to seven and five. Chiefs, yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. But like like that, it was just. I mean, it was kind of saying the same things. They'll figure it out, and 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 it's a work in progress in this. But it was Brady's first year in the system. You had COVID. You didn't have OTAs. You were working at Berkeley Prep. New coaching, new coordinators. You know everything about that. And he's three years younger. Yeah, three years younger. But they hit the bye week, and then they changed a lot. Whether they, had they, whether they admit it or not. Well, they changed things. They yeah. put the more play action, mm-hmm. emphasis on the run, mm-hmm. pre-motion snap. Right. Absolutely, they did. You know what else happened week eight in that season? Antonio Brown showed up. And they're missing him. <laughs> I never thought I would say it. I, and not, necessarily, like, not the personality. People right now are turning off the podcast. <laughs> not the personality. <laughs> not the guy. The talent. The guy that can take the top off a of defense. That's what you need right there. I mean, right there. This man. This offense has some great players. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. Tell me one player on that on that team now that can take the top off of defense. I Tell mean, me what running back can take it to the house from 80 that's, yards out. That's a problem. And I tell you what, 
You want to play a grinded out style? Teams are happy to do it against you. They're thrilled that the ball is in Leonard Fournette's hands as much as it is. I promise you. And, and I'm not taking shots at Leonard if he listens to the podcast now. No. Um, he's a physical, tough, between he, the tackles a, He back. is exactly what he is. What he is. He's, yeah. a, he's a hard load of a runner. Like, he will give you everything on every play. You know what else mm-hmm. he is? Got one of the, one of the worst rush, rush averages in the NFL. The team does, for sure. They're 32nd in yards per carry. Now, that's not on Leonard, but that's also something about who he is. He's not a game breaker. He's not going to go to the house on anything, you know. And I think teams are like, yeah, you want to throw the ball to Leonard in the flat? We'll give you a couple first downs. Just You're not going to get it over the top. We're not going to let you throw anything over our heads. Tom doesn't have protection to do that. They're sitting on everything underneath. There's tight windows to throw. And somebody asked me the other day, it's like, who do you see that's open? And it's like, yeah, there's some tight throws. I'll grant you that. But, you know, Brady kind of fits them in there, right? But there hasn't been really many easy throws except for they let Leonard leak out in the flat and they almost give you that. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, if we're going to take everything else away, you can have that and we'll tackle them and we'll line up and play another three downs. But... It, it they do they 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 lack not just a third receiver right now they lack a guy who can take the top off of the defense that other teams have to respect you know it, it's very hard to line up across from a guy that you know can run by you and not have safety help you know the safeties have to shade that way if you've got a burner and they're going to put a guy on an island with you if he's as accomplished as an Antonio Brown was that that's when it turned around I can remember that Atlanta game when they were struggling and they were down to Atlanta 17 to nothing at halftime. And they, they scored on every possession after that. And Antonio Brown had three, two or three touchdowns, whatever it was, a couple of deep shots. And that, was, that got the train rolling, man. That was it. And after that, teams had to back up. They had to. They couldn't just let Antonio Brown run by him all day. And all of a sudden, you had bigger windows and bigger man coverage against guys like Godwin, guys like Mike Evans. You, know, you can't double everybody. So what they lack right now is that third receiver. And this isn't all they lack, but this is one of the things I think that they miss is a, is a third receiver. Now, you know, Broussard Perriman can run. I mean, he can take the top off a of defense. But it was weird. This past game, you look at the snap counts, they didn't play a third receiver. I mean, I think Scotty Miller had two or three plays. Bashar Perryman had, had a couple of plays. He had one target. They basically decided we're going to line up with a couple of tight ends and our two main receivers. I think and they Mike needed the help blocking. Perhaps, yeah. But they were going to pound the ball. You know, that, that was, again, that's been their game plan for weeks now is they're featuring Leonard Fournette as if he's he's their best weapon. And in some ways... Maybe he is because he can catch and run it. But you're not getting explosives off this team at all. And, and, you know, and part of that they're okay with because it's complimentary football. And I think defensive coaches like, like to keep their defense on the sideline and get them rested. And so if you're taking 12-yard drives, but you know what happens with 12- and 14-yard drives? Penalties happen. Interceptions happen. Balls get tipped up in the air. Like stuff happens. And that's why Bruce's approach was always like, I don't want to take 12 plays. I want to score in five, six, maybe, at the most. You know? 
And that's not the philosophy now. And they're having a, a tough time playing kind of this grinded out style, which you go from 30 points a game to 20 points a game. Look at the games they have won and look at, look at the game on Sunday. If they get the ball back, if their defense makes a stop instead of giving up third and 13 and third and 11, whatever it was, and get the ball back to Brady one more time, right? Hit me, Brady, one more time. He's going to get them in field goal range. And Ryan Suckup's kicked four, including a career-high 55-yarder. And they're going to win the game. And to me, that's sort of what you have with this group is, look, we're going to grind out a bunch of games. we got the best fourth-quarter quarterback in the world. And we're going to give him the ball back with a chance to win or tie. And he had him down there, two-point conversion. They tie it, but they didn't get that play. It was kind of a weird play to God when he was like the only receiver kind of on the route. But, you know, we've seen that a couple times, right? They missed the two-point conversion. Who was it against at home um, and lost the game? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the red zone efficiency has been bad this year. Terrible. Awful. That's why they're yeah. kicking so many field goals. So what gives you confidence they're going to make a two-point conversion? I mean, they had to go for it Sunday. Right, 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 right. But did you have a lot of confidence they were going to convert? No, I didn't. I really didn't. And it didn't look like they gave themselves much of a chance. It, it just mm-hmm. wasn't. It looked like they were going to Godwin come hell or high water. There wasn't like another outlet, you know, that they could dump the ball in the flat or do something to. But, yeah, that play, you know, they really forced the ball, I thought, to Chris on Sunday. You know, at one point he had six targets and one catch. And he ended up with like twelve targets and six catches or whatnot. But they really did kind of force feed him for whatever reason. I'm not saying you shouldn't throw it to Chris Godwin. I'm just saying you need to throw it to Mike Evans more than four times. And and Todd Bowles acknowledged that. You know, what you can see on your T V or you read on Twitter, they realize a day later when they watch film. They're like, Yeah, that can't happen again. Like he's our best player. They're going to double him. We get that. But you can't just say, well, if he's doubled, we're going to go someplace else. No, you have to give the ball to your best player. And so you got to move him around, put him in the slot, put him in motion, run some pick routes. Whatever you got to do, he has to get the ball more than four times. And he was four for four when he did get it. So th- those are coaching points, right? Those are things that Byron Leftwich is responsible, things that Tom, by proxy, is responsible uh, but the first thing is you gotta you gotta protect everybody. And I, I don't think that Brady trusts his protection still. You know? What'd you make of him going and chewing out his offensive line? Because that got a lot of play uh, so across, you know. We've seen Brady chew out his line mm-hmm. or receivers for years. Mm-hmm. And we've seen him chew out Josh McDaniels, his offense coordinator right. on the sideline. Bill O'Brien, yeah. What was surprising about it is he wasn't tearing them down. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he looked like he was, yeah. but he wasn't. Yeah. The audio was, you're better than this. And, and, That's right. That's right. You know, which is what you, I suppose you want your quarterback saying that. But it, it's not what we're used to seeing. I mean, it looked the same as what we normally see from Brady. Yeah. But I don't, think the, like... I don't think the commentary was unless we've misread the commentary for years, too. Well, there's another part of it. The first part that I could at least dissect from the audio that I had was he told them that, you know, you're a lot blinking better than you're playing right now. Like, and, and that sort of is a backward compliment, I guess, trying to get the best out of them and say, like, I've seen you do it. You're better than this. Let's play the way we're capable of. I don't know what the second part of it was. I don't think it was good. Um, may not have been as positive, but regardless... 
you know, his body language was, I'm, I'm ticked off here. Like, we're not playing well, and I'm going to get in your butts a little bit. But then what he said was actually sort of like, I know you can do this, you know. It was more encouraging than not. And, you know, what everybody is focusing on is, yeah, what, what's the little thought bubble that those guys were thinking as they're looking at Brady saying, yeah, you weren't even with us on Saturday, so I don't want to hear this from you. And, and that's not reality. Those, those guys don't care all that much. I think, I think it's talked about in the locker room the way we talk about it. Like, oh, man, Brady didn't go. I don't know, a special guy. But I think in real terms, like, if they hadn't lost the game, first of all, it wouldn't be a big deal. But secondly, like Bowles told us, he says, look, you guys would be surprised because you don't know it when it happens all the time, on, especially on Saturday. We're not allowed out there. So we don't even go on Saturday. We don't have access. He says, it happens all the time. Guys take off for all kinds of things. It's just noticed because it's Tom Brady. Well, it's because they, they put a picture on social media of the wedding. Yeah, with all the guys that were there at Kraft's wedding, and, and he's the only one that's that's still playing, you know, because they're all in their 40s and 50s. But, you know, it, I do think that it probably is a lot more common, but for a guy that, you know, has already taken 11 days off during training camp and, you know, got a lot of personal issues on the side and this, that, and the other, you know, just here's just another thing. So you, you invite yourself for people to ask, are you as committed? And you're the most committed player in the planet, right? You're the guy that's done more to prepare himself and you're 45 and made more sacrifices than anybody. Who's more prepared? Do we think Tom Brady didn't prepare for the game? Do we think he'd walk out there on the field and go, oh, man, I missed that Saturday walkthrough in those meetings. I'm really screwed now. I don't know what I'm going to do. He was prepared. But it's it's always you know magnified when you lose games. I mean that that's natural. Well, he was prepared. But here's here's another question. And I was talking to some folks today. Is he healthy? I don't think he is. I mean, we talked I, a little I, bit I, last night about Drew Brees' yeah. shoulder and he couldn't throw the. I mean, Brady's getting rid of the ball, and a lot of it you can blame on. He's got a pass rush, so he's just dumping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of passes that are short. Yeah, even even medium range ones, not not necessarily deep balls, but I mean, where he's throwing everything low and short. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And granted, he wasn't on the injury report last week, right? But but we know he's had a shoulder. He's been on the injury report with that. We know his finger has caused some issues. Yep. Is he healthy? Because uh, you can blame a lot of this on the offensive line and a lot of this on not having the the playmaker take the top off the defense, but he hasn't been as accurate as he typically is either. No, he could have played better, and I think that's fair. But I, I, I do think, in fact, I know that he's hurt. Um, to what degree, uh, you know, we won't know. Mm-hmm. Somebody told me that's in his circle that people will be amazed. And this was in the context of how's the shoulder, right? And they just said people are going to be amazed when his career is over what he played with. Now, we already know he won a Super Bowl because I wrote this. He won a Super Bowl with a torn MCL. Mm-hmm. You know, wore the brace, nobody knew it. And then he got it worked on, and now he rarely wears even a sleeve on it sometimes. But, you know, that's pretty impressive in and of itself, right? But now with the shoulder, like we knew he had the finger thing, the ring finger, but now now with the shoulder, I think it's a thing. I really do. You know, it, it, does that mean he's Drew Brees circa, you know, 2020? No. No. I mean, he still has good velocity on the ball. He can, mm-hmm. But... There were a couple that were nose down, and to your point, like those Godwin targets, a bunch of them were at his feet, man. Mm-hmm. A bunch of them were on the ground. 
and they weren't, you know, the kinds of throws that you would think that he would end up, you know, throwing dying quails to. I mean, he's the greatest quarterback of all time, but he's also one of the most accurate ever. Absolutely. I mean, he Absolutely. puts he puts, you know, there's very few quarterbacks that can put the ball exactly where they want almost every time. Now, he'll make his guys make great catches though. Mm-hmm. Like he'll he's oh, going to no. throw it away from the defense. Oh, no, so but, you're, but, you yeah. He's putting you better it in have the to spot. go down and slide and make some plays. Mm-hmm. He'll deliberately throw it low in a way. Yeah, but but some of these throws of are, have been just low, not because these it are needed open to be. Guys. Yeah, right. not because these it needed to be. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Or he airmailed one in the flat to Rashad White. You know that ball was hot and high. He just kind of missed some throws, and he does. It makes you wonder about you know when was the last time Tom Brady came out of a half completing less than fifty percent of his passes? Like that would never happen, right? Probably hadn't happened three times in his career, if that. It might have been the first time, for all I know. But, you know, he's not He's not, He's not. not blameless here. He's not throwing the ball with great precision all over the field. I think he's been good. I mean, we just talked about last week on one of the shows I did, you know, that given who he's playing with, with all the rookies, with everything else, he had – he was like third in the league in in passing yards, and he was you know completions. He was way up there, like he was starting to you know work his way back up the charts. And he basically had nobody nobody out there at that point. Godwin wasn't playing; it was just Mike Evans. He had guys in and out of the lineup, so you could have argued that he's playing really good football. But I don't think he, I think the I think the shoulder is something to watch very closely for the rest of the year. I don't think it's getting any better. But you're right. To me, there were some there were some throws that you kind of would go, hmm, that doesn't look quite right. You know, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see what the resolve is of the front office of the coaching staff. Are you going to make changes? Are you too are you too stubborn to make them if they need to be made? You know, would would Luke Gedeke benefit from Nick Leverett playing a game or two? Even if Gedeke just takes a breath, Scott Reynolds asked that question. I thought it was a good one. You know, you've been in the fire, done okay, or do you just destroy the guy's confidence and say he's not getting better standing by you over there on the sidelines? I think it depends on the player. Yeah, well, it does. You know, I mean, sometimes sometimes take? sitting out a game and, and watching can be beneficial. You just take the pressure off for a day or two, you know? Does that mean you can't get back out there? But like, no. start somebody else. Let's let's see how he goes. Hell, he might be worse and makes you feel better by comparison. I don't know. But you know, if the coaching staff is seeing that he's improving every game, making better reads, adapting no. better. I mean, he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. Yeah. I mean, the greatest. You know, some of the greatest players ever. Think back to their rookie seasons. Right. And the amount. Of, I mean, Peyton Manning went one, one in fifteen. Troy Aikman one in fifteen. Yeah, I mean Manning led I mean, quarterbacks for years too, had the interception I mean, record until yeah. Jameis came along. But I meant, you know, you, you've got to play through mistakes. Devin White made lots of mistakes as rookie as a rookie. Yeah, it's part of it. You know, I mean that's that's you can only learn so much sitting on the sidelines. That's right. At some point but you've got to go play. Sitting for a game may not be a bad idea. But I just wonder if like the way it's going now. Now, you know, one of the bigger throws that Tom made to Godwin, one of the few completions down the middle. Gedeke gets beat to the outside on the snap. And, like, 
Tom stands in there and delivers a ball and makes throws a strike to him. But it's like, there you go. Like, he's one-on-one blocking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Cameron Hayward had his lunch yesterday or on Sunday. It, was, it wasn't good. And he's faced a couple Pro Bowl defensive tackles. And we asked, well, like, Bowles was like, well, you know, it could just be that he's, you know, had a couple. And he goes, there's a whole bunch of Pro Bowl defensive tackles in this league. He's going to face one every week, you know. Like, that's the, that's the NFL. I mean, they're all great. They're the greatest in the world. So where do you think you're going to take a day off here? But he has, you know, he's gotten some pretty good draws these last few weeks. And, and I think Brady knows it. Brady knows. Brady mentioned Hayward before we even got to Pittsburgh. You know, we're like, really? That's the guy? I mean, he's 30-something years old, and you're saying, yeah, because he knew. He knew they were going to come, and Luke Gedeke was going to have to block him. So there's just a whole bunch of stuff right now with this Bucks team. It's really interesting because they're either going to have a fantastic finish or as John Romano wrote, and I want you to read this column, go to TampaBay.com and Tampa Bay Times. What Romano essentially said, and I probably should read it to you, but I'll just paraphrase, is that if it doesn't go well, and what I mean by go, like what's success to Tom Brady? It's going to the Super Bowl and winning it, right? So, even if they had the same sort of win the division, maybe a wild card, lose in the divisional playoff, not make it back to the championship, whatever, right? We've already got enough stuff this year about Tom Brady, stuff that is unusual, retiring, unretiring, taking time off in training camp, um, you know, going to the wedding, all that stuff. It's, it's starting to pile up, right? So if it doesn't go well from a record playoff situation, the only thing this year will be remembered for is this. Yeah, you know what? He should have just retired. But isn't that the uh, way it is with most of the great ones? All of them. I th- I'd say all of them. We've I, talked about I mean, maybe it. Maybe John the, Elway did it right. Yeah, Elway walked off. And, and, and you know, you could say, well, you know, Peyton Manning was the sh- a shell of himself. Yeah, I mean, you know. But he won a Super Bowl. He, yes. was, a, he was a passenger. The mm-hmm. defense was the star of that Super Bowl. They beat Carolina. But, he, you know, he did walk off after winning it. I mean, very few walk away like Barry Sanders or Calvin Johnson at the top of exactly. their game. Exactly. Right. Granted, exactly. they didn't win champion. They walked away because the franchise was bad. And I remember, you know, when Brady announced his retirement, everybody was like, well, wow. You know, like, the only thing, one thing you'd say about him is, man, he went out on top. He was the number one passer in the NFL that year and then announced his should retirement. Should have been the MVP. Should have been. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers had no business winning that, by the way. But he was on top, top of the charts, man, age 42. And he could have, he could just drop the mic right there and said, yeah, my last year I was better than all these guys, and I was 42. But then 40 days went by. He changed his mind. He was 44, not 42. He's 44. That's right. He's 44 now. He's 43. He was 42 when he came here, but yeah. Right. He's 43 last year when he when he led the NFL in passing and pass attempts and touchdowns, you know, all that stuff. So now he's now he's 45. Now it's kind of like a different deal. And I, I think he does, you know, consider how many dropbacks and, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. Like, what, what am I willing to do here to play? You're saying he's going to make a playing. business decision? Well, sometimes. I mean, Tom has said, and he's been very, very vocal about this, is that, look, I would rather lose a game 
or two or as many as I have to rather than stand in there and get hurt and never be able to play the next week. Mm-hmm. Like to him, the worst thing you can do is be unavailable. And that's why, in, you know, other than the ACL and suspension, he hasn't missed games. He's like, I'll throw that sucker away. I'll live, I'll live to play next week. That's his goal. You know, he wants to win today, but he's not going to do something that's going to knock him out physically for any time and period. And that's kind of more than ever he lives that way right now. You know, he just, I mean, it's a long season, right? Like, I, I, the other day, how many quarterbacks did we see come in? Miami brought in their third string quarterback, started the game, mm-hmm. got knocked out. You know, Kenny Pickett on Sunday, mm-hmm. rookie quarterback, second start of his career, concussion out. And you think about Brady, you're like, other than the ACL, this dude's never missed any games. Mm-hmm. You well, know? Dak Prescott in the opener. Yeah. Against the Bucks. Out. Right. Right. I mean, so many, every week, there's so many quarterbacks go down, and this, this dude just keeps playing. And so, and there's a reason for that. He protects himself by getting rid of the football. You know, he's not out there taking hits, he's not out there scrambling around getting buried. If he sees somebody win quickly off the line of scrimmage, he's throwing that sucker away, or he's going in a fetal position, which I have seen. Which Russell Wilson needed to do on this next this play that <laughs> Bosa yeah. just absolutely destroyed him. <laughs> hey, you might want to block forty nine. I'm just saying, man, you might want to block that cat. Oh my goodness. We got a loop stunt on here, and he just comes off the edge, and yeah, we're unblocked. It wasn't Bosa, by the way, somebody else. Um, so, yeah, you know, I I appreciate Tom's confidence, and he has every reason to be, but he hadn't been 3-3 three and three very often in his career. But they got to get healthy at Carolina, and they, they got to go on a run. Here's, they have, have to do it. Here's one. I just did some quick research while we were talking. Mm-hmm. So... Brady's lost three of four. Yep. You know how many times in his career he's lost three out of four? Well, I know he's been three and three, I think, two other times. Right. I want to say I would bet that he's never lost three out of four. Two other times. Two other times. Well, technically three, but two other times. In 2020, after they started six and two, Mm -hmm. they lost three out of four to go to seven and five yeah Yeah. that duh hello you Mm -hmm. lived that stroud come on what are you doing and then 2009 they lost three out of four in weeks nine through 12 okay all right he's never lost four out of five outside of he lost four in a row in 2002 and so those four out of five with the game before yeah yeah the next year in 2003 they won the super bowl over carolina yep and they won the super bowl the year before Mm mm-hmm yeah, yeah the 2002 the year, they went 9-7. and seven. I think they started like 4-0 and and then lost four in a row or something like that. I, I, yeah. I have to pull it back up again. But 2003, the year they won the Super Bowl because it was after the Bucks had won, mm-hmm. we were in Philadelphia because they were starting the game. I told this story, I think, at the, at the link, which they closed the bet and they were opening the link. Gruden was mad as hell that they had to play on the road as a Super Bowl champ. So on that Sunday, because they're playing a Monday night game, sitting around watching all the NFL games. And New England goes to Buffalo. And this was not Josh Allen Buffalo. This was, like, bad Buffalo for the most part. They go to Buffalo, and they get beat 30, I think it was 31 to nothing. Like, they got absolutely destroyed. I'm like, God, this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like, are the Bills really good, or what just happened? Yeah, they went on to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, it was (laughs) lost 31 nothing. 
went on to uh-huh. go fourteen and two that year. Fourteen and two. Yeah, they were two and two. They lost the game one and game four. Yeah, and then rattled and off it, twelve in a row. And everybody's thinking that the Patriots just aren't that good. Like you, nobody gets yeah. nobody gets beat down like that on opening day and won the Super Bowl. Won the Super Bowl. Here's the funny thing. So week one they lost to Buffalo thirty-one nothing. Right. Week sixteen they beat Buffalo thirty-one nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> sure they did because they were gonna they were gonna say hold my beer. Yeah, this is for this is for week one when you guys rubbed our noses. I never realized that symmetry in that season. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. But yeah, the only so, time in Brady's career he's lost four in a row or four out of five was in two thousand two. They started three and zero. Then they lost four in a row. Ended up going nine and seven that year. Right. Of course, the Raiders won the AFC Championship and all that. That was the. Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs that year. That was the you know. Yeah. Winning record, but didn't make the playoffs. Right. Right. I mean, it's not many times Tom, and that's the thing. Tom has not found himself in this position very often. I mean, this is this is even for him in the twenty three years that he's played. He, he, this is new, right? This is all. Sort of new experiences, and he's he's going to rely on those experiences and try to, you know, sort of will this team, you know, through the through the darkness here. But but as John Romano wrote, and go read his column, tembay dot com. This season will be remembered if they don't want a Super Bowl. Be remembered for, you know, a decision Brady made that he probably just would have been better off not not playing. You know that that it's just what was the point. Uh, obviously, everybody at the Bucks and the fans and everybody's delighted that he's playing, and he makes them relevant. I'm sorry, but the minute he walks out the door and Kyle Trask and mm-hmm. maybe Blaine Gabbert's your quarterback, you're the Carolina Panthers, man. That, that's how relevant you are. You know, you go back to the back of the year, the Houston Texans. You know, probably a better example of a team that won a Super Bowl and now is not very good would be what somebody else, but. Maybe maybe your Cincinnati Bengals the way things are going. Hey, they're three um, and three too. I know. There's a lot of bad football out there. And tied for first in their division, just like just like the Bucks. The only one that looks good is the NFC East, and I'm still not a big believer in some of those teams. The AFC East. The AFC East is really good too, yeah. That's true. I mean Buffalo it, to me it's Buffalo and Kansas City and they're gonna beat whoever shows up. That's what I believe. Philadelphia, I'm not yeah, I just, Six and zero. It's not a fluke, but I don't see you going. I don't see you smoking the Bills in the Super Bowl if you even get there. I mean, how about your your legacy quarterbacks? Uh, You know, the Packers now. Tom Brady. It's not good. Yeah, the NFC. It's uh, the standings. I mean, the Rams, the Packers, and the Bucks. None of them doing very well. Right. Meanwhile, it's what the Eagles, the Giants are five and one. The Vikings are five and one. How about the Vikings? Yeah, I mean, yeah the there's, NFC, only, there's only four the teams NFC in the NFC good. with a winning record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody else is five hundred or worse. And and yeah. and to me, the NFC East is really good. And you got the Minnesota Vikings, who look like they're going to run away with that division. So now I wouldn't. Hey, I want to remind you guys of our sponsor, May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been in business for twelve years. Now, there's a lot of these fly-by-night companies. May Electric Solar, they're committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship. 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth 
of surge protection for all your appliances. That is right there, the main difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all its products to conduct on-site testing. You can see what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors, and you know exactly who is doing the job. So start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate, lower your electric bill, and preserve the quality of your appliances as well. 727-819-2862. Steve, you and I are going to be out there to talk to William May and some of the guys that are doing work uh, here locally in Tampa. We're yeah, going we're going out today to meet them, so looking forward to yeah, that. That's right. It is this morning. You're right. Yeah, as you're hearing um, this, it'll be t- today. Yeah, it'll be today, but yeah, <laughs> that's right. The magic of podcast. But yeah, we'll be out there. It's going to be fun. Got a crew out there finishing up a job. It's not too far away, and Say hello and and uh, thank them for their their sponsorship and and I guess they've gotten a few um, contracts out of this you know that people have learned about their company through listening to the podcast which is great and your business can thrive too <laughs> so don't be bashful if you like to advertise with us but now they've been great that's been a great company to be associated with and I look forward to meeting those guys as well. All right. After our visit with May Electric, uh, you're going to be headed to Emily Arena. It's going to be opening night, I guess the home opener for the Tampa Bay Lightning, playing the Philadelphia Flyers, and an old friend comes back to Emily Arena. John Tortorella in the house as the Lightning open their home opens. It's weird because, and we were talking about this last week, it's been since 2013 that the Lightning opened the season on the road. Like they've opened at home every year since. Wow! And so last week when the when the opener hit, it was kind of it felt weird. It felt like preseason. It's like mm-hmm. we, opening night is always at home, right? You know, and and th- this year it wasn't. I mean, I don't know why that. I mean, the last two years because it was banner raisings prior, so you always they get the home opener then. Awarded, but, you know, yeah, but awarded but it, them, yeah. But so it's just been, but it's they've had a, a home opener for nine straight years now. So it was weird this yeah. year they didn't. But the home opener. Tonight against the Flyers, uh, they get some help on the blue line back as Ian Cole was reinstated over the weekend. We didn't mention that. Yeah, I saw that. That was a weird situation. The anonymous post online, uh, the NHL did an investigation. They couldn't locate anybody. Yeah, they they tried and said they couldn't get in touch with anyone and and no one's come forward. And uh, They talked to Ian Cole at least twice, they said, during the process and interviewed other players in that and uh, couldn't find any evidence to corroborate anything, so. So they'll get him back, although Cal Foot missed practice on Monday. So we'll see if he plays tonight. Well, they had the the bad. I mean, it was a close game until the third period, but they had the bad game up in Pittsburgh, losing mm-hmm. six to two. Um, Bassey was not in net. He'll be back in net, I'm sure, tonight against Philadelphia. Yeah, their play has been very inconsistent. I would say mm-hmm. um, they've done some things well, and then they've done some things poorly. Um, special teams hasn't been as as great as you'd like although i think the penalty kill will be a work in progress this year mm-hmm. um, well without ryan mcdonough I mean, he's the first guy you would send out over the boards every pe- right. every penalty kill now right he's gonna block a million shots you know one of the reasons you brought ian cole in was to kind of take that role i mean you know mikhail sergachev isn't as defensive as ryan mcdonough is the defenseman he's stepping up to take a lot of those minutes and will do a lot of things but you know he's not that he's not as defensive let's say as ryan mcdonough i think ian cole was kind of brought in to help that now, presumably, he'll be in the lineup tonight. You know, that may help some things, too. But Man, just get a guy out there that can help them get it across the blue line. My goodness. <laughs> well, and your, your you zone. know, you're missing Sorelli, too. So one of your key centers you're missing. So. Yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, he'll be back hopefully December, Christmas time, somewhere in that range. So, how about Tortorella? So he went from he was lightning. Here's my theory about like if you're one of the few humans that have won a Stanley Cup as a coach, you'll never without work. You, it's basically like a Supreme Court appointment. You might go to another mm-hmm. team, mm-hmm. but you're always going to be a head coach wherever wherever you want to go. Um, so he went he went from Tampa Bay, right? Mm-hmm. And then did he go to the Rangers or Vancouver? I think it was Rangers first, if I recall. Rangers, and then Vancouver, and then Columbus, right? Yeah. Did we miss something in there? I'm trying. Did I miss? I I don't know. We could have. Lightning, Rangers, Vancouver, Columbus, Philly. Yeah. Philly. So this is his fourth job since the Lightning. Uh, Fourth since, yes. Yeah. So he's gotten four jobs. He did ESPN for a year there too. So he did ESPN for a year, but he's never sniffed the Stanley Cup playoffs again. Correct. Hadn't been back. Um, no. So the Rangers, let's see, he went four out of five years to the playoffs? Yeah, to the playoffs, sure. Um, he lost at the conference finals once in New York. Um, okay. In Columbus, he went to the playoffs uh, four times, four years in a row, only won the one series against the Lightning, which is, I believe, the only playoff series the Blue Jackets have won in their history. Thank you very much. A sweep, an unexpected mm-hmm. sweep of this former team. Yep. So he's out at Columbus. And Philly Philly looked like he had it going there for a little while. I don't know what they are anymore. I don't know if they're that formidable or not. Um, I, I think they'll be better. I think it's going to take some time. Yeah. But, you know, Torts, Torts knows how to motivate a team for a game. Oh, he'll get them going. He'll get them going. And it'll be great to see him, you know. Mm-hmm. He was a real character of the game and – Somebody that I enjoyed when he coached here. Um, he certainly, you know, he's coached some of these guys that are still there. Steven Stamkos, by the way, am I right about this? He's got four goals in three games already? That's correct. Nice start, Stammer. Well, I remember last year he carried the team in the first half of the season. On your way to a 60-goaler. Phenomenal. We'll see. He didn't get the 60 goals last year, but he got 100 points for the first time in his career. Yeah, damn close, yeah. We'll see. They got to iron some things out, but I think home cooking will help them. And uh, so you'll well, be you, there. you say home cooking. So they're home tonight. They go on the road to Florida Friday. They're home against the Islanders Saturday. Then they go out west. Ooh, yuck! They go to L.A., Anaheim, San Jose. That stinks. How'd you get Florida caught in the middle of that? Yeah. So they only had two home games in their first nine at, during the month of October. And then they get a lot of home games in November, December. So. NHL clearly suffering from lightning fatigue, trying to do everything they can to drive them out of the postseason. Although you say that four of the first eight games are on national television, so <laughs> well, yeah. So tonight's game's not on Bally's. Uh, Friday night's game's yeah, not on Bally's. I saw that. I saw that. They're still. I mean, they're they're a three time Stanley Cup team, two time champion. I mean, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of nationally recognized players. And Mass Mutual's mm-hmm. using Stamkos and Hedman in their commercials, so which is awesome. What a great commercial. Hedman's the quintessential perfect straight man. <laughs> He's just as funny as hell. Better start saving for and, college. Yeah, exactly. He's not skates? He's not on skates yet? He's six months old. Yeah, well. Then meanwhile, Stammer Kids is out there killing it. <laughs> is that the kid that you, that would that's, that would have the Stammer would have on his lap and, and say, I want to ride Zamboni, please? Yes, that's why he's very, very famous now. Carter. Carter Stamper. That's Carter, right? Yes. Okay. Drives Zamboni keys. Cute as he can be. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, we'll uh, we'll update you on anything that goes on with the Bucks. By the way, Cameron Brait is well. I just wanted to drop that in because we didn't mention him earlier. He had a neck sprain, uh, nothing fractured, uh, no loss of feeling, none of that. I was told he was uh, his old self, walking around, joking in the building, seemed fine. So I don't know what his status will be playing wise. We'll probably won't find that out till late Lent next week. But uh, the good news is he's able to come home with the team in a big scare sort of averted there as uh, Cameron Brate just seems to be doing well after a uh, neck sprain on that play. First, I thought it was a concussion because he had had one. I thought, oh, man, two concussions in three weeks. This isn't going to be good. And, uh, in fact, it was – that's why they brought out the boards and all that because it, it was a neck sprain. So he's doing well. Hey, before we get out of here, just remember, May Electric, we're going to be out there with those guys this morning. Um, check them out. You can save a lot of money on an electric bill. They've been around for 30 years. You get a labor and services warranty, $750 worth of service protection. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. Schedule a free estimate and lower your electric bill. May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. Thanks for listening. We'll talk about the Lightning and their home opener tomorrow. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud, the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 